Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you. As always, is Bob sitting in the lounge on the black couch staring at the Ouija board. Guest star today is Mickey. We're, uh, we just finished watching uh, True Detective episode five, I believe, right? Five? Right. Uh, if you haven't watched the show, um, I'd suggest you stop right now because we're going to go into some spoiler activity here talking about this great show starring uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Uh, basically, the show has been described as a, a thriller, but most recently, after completing the last episode, Mickey described it as being sickening. Care to elaborate on that? Yeah, I, you know I would here on the Bobcast. Uh, the characters on this show are so complex. They have such depth, and their interaction with each other is like a frenzy of emotion. And just, it's so real, the story's so out of control, but it's so believable, that when things were revealed in this episode, can I, can I spoil? Yeah, yeah spoil, spoil. Um, as far as the character's assessment of what time is, in particular, kind of rubbed me the wrong way, because it's, it's, it's really close to how I feel. As well as the uh, graphic violence occurred based off of uh, heinous, heinous kidnapping, and just depravity it's sickening it's madness uh but it's so engaging and it's it draws you right in it i i felt nauseous watching some of these scenes headshots boom uh you know suicides bam uh it's all wrapped into one i I literally felt nauseous after watching this it's just it's intense the first couple episodes every episode actually is completely different from each other and they all have a different tone and they all have seemingly their own story but it's all tied in and another reason where it, psychologically it made me sick is the, re- the 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 repetition of the show's tone. Yet it's confusing if you can uh, not follow me. It's it's really hard to explain. Uh, you care to jump in here? Yeah, sure. Follow follow up with that. Let's talk about uh, the beginning of this episode. Uh, the characters Russ and Cole they get a line on Ledoux's location when they go to the the bar and they speak with the other cook. And then Marty follows the cook to the house. And then the part that I love the most is that this is the second time uh, the the detectives have lied, or excuse me, Rust has lied, and Marty uh, lie about the, how everything goes down. Uh, shock for me was when uh, Marty finds the kids in the truck and he decides to uh, exact revenge on Ledoux. Comes out and just fires off one round in the side of his temple. Never seen anything quite like that on television. It was realistic, shocking. I couldn't believe it. One of the things that I was uh, shocked too is that uh, Rust is so quick to uh, protect Marty. Right away, he says um, he's like, uh, "It's good to see that you finally commit to someone." Fuck that guy. And then they basically just go into straight survival mode, uh, making their story up. Rust takes the AK forty-seven, starts firing rounds out into the mangrove or whatever they call it, and they uh, basically come up with this. Uh, elaborate story to protect um the truth of what had uh happened and that's marty stepping out of line and you know taking the law into his own hands now the show uh kind of wraps up the the first you know element of the plot by uh you know ledoux's dead uh the lsd meth cook uh slash devil figure 
has been taken down. Uh, we flash forward in time to a couple of years later um, where we're in this jail cell. And when we're in the jail cell, the um, I guess I think his name was the pharmacy shooter or whatever. He says he's got new information and uh, he spits out the phrase the Yellow King, which is uh, something that happened uh, earlier in the in the show, I believe it was um, someone's journal. They were going through the journal, and there's a whole bunch of stuff. The Yellow King, and there's mentions of the Black Stars and uh, Carcosa. Um, I went online today and I looked up this book. Uh, it's called The King in Yellow. Uh, this is a fictional play that was written in 1895 by a guy named Robert W. Chambers. So the screenplay writer, I, I think, uh, you know, he he had to look at this book. Um, and this book uh, has Easter eggs spread out all across True Detective. Uh, the King in Yellow is a fictional play within a collection of short stories, a metafictional dramatic work that brings despair, depravity, and insanity, insanity to anyone who reads it or sees it performed. Uh, the author Chambers inserts only a few selected scenes from the play into his story collection, and all of them are from the first act. Uh, in this act, we are told, is a bit of a honeypot luring readers into a cursed text. What they say is, is if they read uh, the first few words of Act 2, they are driven insane by the revelation of horrible, decadent, incomprehensible truths about the universe, which is so dark. H.P. Um, Lovecraft also wrote about this kind of stuff. It's the cosmic horrors. Uh, the cosmic horrors are basically uh, stuff that can't be seen in the real world that are beyond terrifying. So I guess, uh, Mickey, uh, the detectives, uh, the two African-American detectives are trying to pin this on Rust. Do you believe that Rust is guilty for these crimes, like they say? I think it's uh, too early to tell. The path they're going down certainly set him up. His standoffish attitude to their seemingly uh, accusatory tone makes him obviously look guilty from uh, you know position of authority. But this new King in Yellow revelation, which looks like has just been hit in the internet, uh, based off this new episode, which is weird because they've referenced the king, the yellow king in the show throughout its, you know, uh, appearance on TV. And what you just read, I don't know if you noticed this or whatever, but you said it was published in 1895 yeah. and now our story takes place. Boom. A hundred years later, oh, yeah. 1995. <laughs> and again, the, like I was saying earlier with the time, I mean, you know, we're all just casual, normal human beings who perceive time as linear you know, tomorrow is the future, yesterday is the past, straight line. But what they mention and get into is that it's not, and it's that it's a flat circle, and it's a it's a, it's a point made continuously throughout the most episode, which is even better than the last episode, which is probably one of the best episodes of any TV show I've ever, ever seen. It can hold its own against, you know, the last two, three episodes of Breaking Bad straight up. And uh, if that's not enough of... Um, you know, motivation to go watch this right now. I don't know what to tell you, bro, because Breaking Bad was the best. Uh, so, yeah, the Yellow King, King in Yellow, time being a flat circle, it's just dark. It's depraved, and uh, they say basically every day you wake up into a nightmare, and that death created, what was it, life to watch it die or something? Yeah. Death created things. To, like, uh, death created life to watch things die. Yeah, death created life to watch things die, and it's just so dark. And I believe that since it's an eight-episode um, story mm -hmm. that we're watching here, we're now in Act 2. Or oh, Totally, yeah. Is it only a two-act play? I don't know. Uh, it's probably got to be three. Yeah. We're I mean, definitely we're in, in Act 2. We're the second part of the story. We, we finished the first part of the story, definitely.
Yeah, and I'm like I said, I'm it's making me nauseous because I can relate to it. I have a lot of uh, metaphysical beliefs of my own, but I try to keep them more positive in this dark realm of <laughs> macrobay fantasy here. Um, you know, so True Detectives, great show. Loving it, Matthew McConaughey, Man Crush Monday, Woody, best supporting, yeah. So uh, the scene too, uh, where uh, Ledoux is on his knees and Woody goes in to see the kids. On the ground, he looks up at Matthew and he says, uh, the black stars are rising. Then he says something about Carcosa and he says, you're the man I saw in your dreams. This is uh, a section from The King in Yellow, Act 1, Scene 2. Along the shore, the clouds wave... Excuse me. The King in Yellow, Act 1, Scene 2. Along the shore, the cloud waves break. The twin suns sink behind the lake. The shadows lengthen in Carcosa. Strange is the night where the black stars rise and the strange moon circle through the skies. But Stranger Still Is, Lost Carcosa. No idea what that means, but definitely uh, the screenplay, screenplay writer Nick definitely derived a lot of the themes that we're seeing in the True Detective show from this book. Uh, I think I might order it tonight on Amazon. Uh, since this is the first time we've talked about True Detective on the Bobcast, we've got to go back in time one week. One week to the previous episode where Cole goes back into his narco days as uh, his alter ego Crash. Uh, this sequence uh, blew the internet up. Uh, I guess we're a week late talking about it, but just give a little bit of commentary on the six-minute six minute tracking shot that uh, became an obsession for me in the last week. I can't tell you how many times I watched it. Uh, Cole goes into a uh, drug house in the projects uh, undercover to get Ginger uh, to agree to take him eventually to Ledoux. Everything goes wrong. Uh, if you haven't seen this scene, uh, you got to check it out. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, it's uninterrupted. So basically a six-minute tracking shot for those of you who don't know what that means is there's no cutting. There's no uh, editing done. It's all in one take. I read on the internet they did the scene six times, uh, six times with several different production assistants spread out throughout the entire community to uh, trigger all the extras that had to be running, the cop cars. I'm sure they did special effects, uh, sound effects, uh, and posts. One of the things I wanted to ask Mickey is, I don't know if we've talked about this or not, but when Cole... Uh, excuse me, Crash, at this point, realizes the shit's going down and he's got to make a break for it. He grabs Ginger, he throws Ginger outside. When he comes back inside, one of the other uh, bikers is coming at him. Cole punches him with his gun and he accidentally shoots the big African-American guy. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Okay, so yeah, if you go back and watch this, he accidentally shoots the guy and then Matthew's, you know, acting, he goes, yeah. Because he knows now that it, everything is gone, and he actually did kill somebody that night. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've watched it several times. The gun comes out. He, he fires the gun really quick, and uh, it just happens so fast. Uh, that awesome six-minute tracking shot, what's something that uh, stood out for you? Uh, a, a couple things. I, I watched it about four times myself. It is a really impressive feat of cinematography. It draws... Uh, um, uh, reference to the uh, movie City of Men. I forget who directed that, but that opens with a great tracking shot, bombs exploding, tons of extras, tons of action. And the scene when they break out is the the control Crash has of everything that's going around him, but it's the most out-of-control scene you'll ever see. There's people banging on the windows, firing guns, bikers killing other guys. And yeah, now that you mention it, I didn't notice him k- shoot that one... Uh, assailant but thinking back i I do remember that grunt Mm -hmm. that grunt that he drops and uh that makes sense i can only imagine what was going through his mind um 
My favorite part was the phone call when he starts giving directions yeah. to uh, Mr. Hart, <laughs> Marty. <laughs> and uh, he repeats the cross streets a couple times, and then it sounds like the person on the other end of the line doesn't quite understand at the time, so he keeps repeating them, and he's like, 30 seconds, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or 90 seconds, motherfucker. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's just intense. Adrenaline's pumping. Like I said, it's so unbelievable, the, the entirety of the story, yet you believe everything that you see because it's produced so well. It's done so well. Great actors, great directors, you know, everything. The tone is just perfect. And the, uh, the, the best supporting set piece, this chemical refinery in the back of all these shots, it seems to be like the fulcrum of everything, like circling around the chemicals. And just recently, not to like switch gears back to this week, but the introduction of uh, perhaps the FBI having something mm-hmm. to do with the satanic cult that's behind the... Or a big, greater community of large figures that we don't know who are yeah what do you think about that man the fbi larger community satan i don't know cole cole kind of thinks that uh there's a large group of men who are uh orchestrating this whole thing with uh the killings and stuff like that uh what i think is going on is like the two african-american detectives in today's 2012 world suspect him of the crime but i think the whole time cole is he grew the mustache out he grew the hair the whole thing with him being a drunk working behind the bar is just another one of his covers and I think he's been working the case ever since 2002 where we don't know what happened between him and Hart. I think that he's been working this undercover uh, off the books as we've seen him do before when he was crashing the, in the suburbs there, that great scene. And I think that basically he's just been working it. And I think one of the reasons why he was back in Louisiana is because he attracted the Yellow King or this group of motherfuckers back to uh, the origin of where the, the killings happened. Um Speaking of the color yellow, something else that I forgot to mention is that the show uses the color yellow uh, in the cinematography. Anytime you see the color yellow, it's signifying the uh, evilness in somebody, uh, especially during that nighttime scene when they're in the car. The yellow streetlights, uh, when, Mar- when Cole is getting down and dirty, it's all yellow in his house. Um, there's supposedly a lot of Easter egg type of drawings uh Stuff that's happening in the background, which we don't see. Uh, most recently uh, in the show, we're watching the scene where the inmate commits suicide and the blood's trickling out the, the jail cells. And we look inside the jail cells and it's implied that he cut his wrist, I guess, with the side of the, the bed. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that there's a spiral shape against the wall, which is nuts. The other thing, too, that I did not put together until this morning is way back when Cole was having... Uh, He's having some sort of uh, uh, hallucination. He gets out of the car and he sees a flock of birds. They're black birds shaped in a spiral, which is crazy. It's got to be him. It's hard. Look, it's so easy to say that it's Matthew McConaughey's character doing this. But the way I see it is that, I mean, it's probably someone we haven't even thought of, you know. It's somebody that um, we haven't seen yet or maybe we have seen. I mean, the, the preacher in the beginning the people, the task force that came in 1995, who knows? Basically, the show, uh, I haven't seen a show in a while since, yeah, Breaking Bad, Sopranos, something that's like, you know, each weekend, like, I can't wait to see it. Now, The Walking Dead, yeah, that's a great show. I really like it, but you know what's going to happen. You know that the zombies are coming. But with this show, I have no idea what's <laughs> happening, no idea what's going to happen next. Uh, big shout-out to... Uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson, who haven't actually been on screen together since a TV or a movie called Ed TV. Have you ever seen that back in the day? It's actually yeah. really funny. But 
in a stupid kind of way. But yeah, we love True Detective here on the Bobcast. Uh, we can't wait to see what happens next week. We only got three more episodes left. You heard it here first. Check out The Yellow King. It's available on Amazon for six twenty nine. And uh, wrapping this up, yep. just want to give uh, another couple stanzas of the poem that Bob was reading earlier. It goes like this. Songs that the hyads shall sing, where flap the tatters of the king, must die unheard in dim Carcosa. Song of my soul, my voice is dead. Die thou, unsung, as tears unshed, shall dry and die in lost Carcosa. So you've been listening to the Bobcast. Uh, we've been talking about True Detective on HBO. If uh, you don't have HBO, you know how to get it on the internet. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode. We'll see you out there. In